Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. This is an EMT kit, and it's a special one that you cannot get, I think, maybe anywhere. I'm not positive. Here's a splint. You know, you hear that? But, but not only that, I have these sutures that are in here. Now, I know this kind of has a Frankensteinian uh, kind of thought to it, but think about it. If you're isolated, if there's a hurricane, there's an earthquake. Listen, I've been through both now, earthquakes and hurricanes, and I will tell you, you are isolated. And, and you call 911 and they'll say, uh, it has a, a ice compressed, instant ice. Now think about that. No electricity after an earthquake. No electricity after a tornado. No electricity after a hurricane. Half my neighborhood didn't have electricity. This is a chest seal. It's a vented chest seal. Obviously, for a, a really bad uh, chest wound, there's a couple of those. Sleeve for taking your blood pressure. A stethoscope. I don't even know what you're listening for there, but I'll learn. But this blood pressure kit alone, you know, you should have on hand in your house. I'm Graham Ledger, and this is a special edition of the Ledger Report. Good morning, everybody. Graham Ledger here, Cracker 82.5, a.k.a. the Ledger Report, live and local. This is a special day. It is 6-6. Um, if this was 2006, it'd be scary. But of course, June 6th is the day that we remember the greatest generation, and it truly was. It's one of the few things I agree with Tom Brokaw on. And I read his book, The Greatest Generation, and it's a good book. It profiles men, and yes, they are all men. There were no females, as far as I know, on the beaches of Normandy, and nor should there have been. Um, nowadays, you know, we're sending females to the front line. It's crazy. In the history, in the recorded history of mankind, that has never taken place for a multitude of reasons. And you know, what they did in Ukraine is indicative of what the history of mankind has been in terms of warfare, but of course, in the United States in 2023, we're rewriting that book and we're making it all about, you know, making sure that that they can get gender affirmation care. You know, <laughs> you know, Rush used to say, what is the job of the military to kill people and break things? You know, that's kind of a rudimentary way to to look at the military. But he was uh, dead on, as, as Rush uh, usually was. And so today, June 6th. Um, 1944, I believe, if I have the, the year correct, I should. I don't know why I'm hazy on that, but it is June 6, 1944. We commemorate the day that so many guys um, gave their, their souls for this country and the cause of freedom. And you look at what is happening in this country today and you reflect back on that hellish day. And those hellish days, by the way, didn't end 
on that day. It, that was the beginning. And it was the beginning of the end for thousands of troops who, in some cases, didn't even get off those landing crafts. And if they did get off on the landing crafts, many of them were, were held down by enemy fire and, and, and cut up. You know, some of the beaches had no resistance um, when, uh, when we had Operation Overlord in, uh, and, uh, underway. And, um, but met some of the beaches were heavily fortified, and, and that's just the way it went down. And these guys, imagine, you know, being 18, 19, 20 years old, and bam, that landing craft ramp goes down, and there you are, you know, facing the jaws of death. And so, you know, I think in, in situations like that, I think a lot of the guys probably had Psalm 23 um, written into their helmets or into their um, somewhere on their person, or maybe just reciting Psalm 20. Though I travel through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. The Lord is with me, and um, hopefully you know the rest. I'm, I'm terrible at quoting the Bible, so forgive me. But you know my heart's in it. And to think back, those men giving their lives for our freedom, which today is being corrupted and twisted, it just makes me physically ill to know what those guys sacrificed, what they gave, even the ones who survived, um, what they gave up, what they did for this country, return back home, VE day, VJ day, um, boom times in this country. We had a little depression, I believe, after World War II, but then in, in the 50s, maybe the greatest time to be alive uh, would be the 1950s. Um, but, um, then in the 60s, things started turning left, and from that point forward, led by California and, and, and San Francisco, it, uh, it was over. So um, that's where we are today, unfortunately. Um, I, I regret to say that um, those men gave their all for, unfortunately, a bunch of lunatics now taking, and, and Marxists taking over this country. And I've always said that it's unfortunate but true, but the Marxists and the socialists are using the very freedoms, the very liberties enshrined and protected in the United States Constitution to destroy this country and undermine this country. And that's what's happening today. So it's a solemn day on, on, on multiple occasions for me, D-Day. Number one, that we remember the sacrifice of these thousands and thousands of young men and, and then we look at it through the telescope and the lens of today and what they died for. Well, they died for me, and they died for freedom, and they died for liberty. But I don't think they died for what this country is, is doing today in, in Washington, D.C., and what some of these states are doing at, at the local level to the freedom and the liberty that they gave their all for. And speaking of the beaches, well, let's go to the Crooked Cam. There it is. This is Sarasota. And this is Siesta Key, the number one beach in the United States, the number one beach maybe in all of the world. Sorry, Bonsai Beach. Um, cracker 82.5. It's going to be Cracker 82.5 plus about 5 degrees, high of about 87, 88 degrees at latitude 82.5. I'm sorry, longitude 82.5 in Florida. And um, not a lot of activity down at the beach right now, nor should there be. 
But the crooked cam, of course, uh, makes it look as though we're going uphill. And uh, in a sense, the crooked cam kind of speaks for um, a lot of what's happening in this country. In the news cycle today on uh, this uh, commemoration of D-Day, we have uh, a lot of stuff going on in, um, in Florida. DeSantis suspended a mayor. That's an interesting story. Um, GOP uh, rhinos, and there are a lot in Florida. Whether we like it or not, there are... I've met many rhinos in Florida, unfortunately, and now they're they're kowtowing to the illegals. It's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. But that's what's happening right now. Um, Florida is number one, but not for a great reason. <laughs> kind of a scary reason. Um, in national news, the uh, FBI director, Ray, which is who is a disgrace. And I wondered at the time when Donald Trump hired him, I could just tell this guy. I could just tell he was smug. You know, he was maybe worse than James Comey. Now, you know, Comey's smug, right? But this guy, Ray, there was something about him. As soon as he rolled him out, I just said, holy moly, why is he hiring this guy? You know, he should have just stuck Jim Jordan in that spot. Let's, okay, you know, Jim Jordan's got a, I hate to say it, big mouth. He speaks, you know, to the issues. Well, so go hire Jim Jordan and stick him in the FBI director and let him roto-root the place. No, instead is Christopher Ray. I'm sure Donald Trump regrets the hire. I'm sure he got, you know, he got advice from William Barr or somebody, you know. He got advice from um, Rents Priebus, probably. Rents was probably still on the scene. I don't remember the timing of the hiring of Christopher Ray, but a total disaster. Total disaster. Also in the news, um, information about gender um, change. Listen, it's an oxymoron. You can't change your gender. So you go and you have surgery and you cut things off, right? But there's information to study how dangerous and damaging that truly is. Out of California, typical kind of unbelievable news, including threatening Florida. And um, special ed, there's news about Mondays. And do you remember um, the Boomtown Rats? I'm dating myself here from the 1980s. you remember the Boomtown Rats? They wrote about Mondays. They sang about Mondays. I do. Um, wasn't that uh, just another Manic Monday or some song like that? I know that there's a whole bunch of songs about Monday. There are, but the Boomtown Rats uh, sang a song called I Don't Like Mondays. And, <laughs> and it was, you know, it wasn't what you think, you know, probably most people thought it was rather benign, but it was a song about a woman by the name of Brenda Spencer. Do you remember that name at all in San Diego history, in the laurels of San Diego? I do, I do. Brenda Spencer, in 1979, took a rifle, and she was, I don't know, she was like 16 years old or something like that. She was a teenager, I think, and shot up Cleveland Elementary School. Now, today, by our standards, she obviously wasn't a very good shot. Um, she, um, she, although she did, it was a fatal experience. Um, she killed two adults and wounded a few children. Um, but that was the inspiration for the song, Special Ed, and we have some news on, on, on that. But do you have any thoughts on D-Day, Special Ed? Well, you know, um, I have a gentleman that I kibitz with every now and then who's a, what's called a commander of the American Legion post here. And they have a lot of these around. And, and basically, the American Legion is a place for all the veterans to be able to go hang out, play pool, you know, have some cocktail, you know, play, you know, dominoes, whatever else. 
And, you know, I had an opportunity to go visit a lot of the posts that were there and see a lot of the veterans that are there. So it's, it's a really sober experience to go in and just be among just, just plain veterans every place you go. And they do understand what sacrifices they have. Rosie Riveters, the, the ladies that had to stay home during the war, were also heroes in this whole thing to where they were able to provide tanks and armaments and goods and whatever else our servicemen were you know aboard but it was a kamikaze mission they knew the chances of them surviving were less than five percent but they did it for god family and country you know that's why uh well put by the way but this is this is why i i only watched saving private ryan once i just couldn't handle you know it wasn't just a movie to me it was a chronicle and i don't even know if that whole storyline was based on reality or not, it, it, it didn't really matter. The, the point is, is that it, it uh, chronicled, I think, pretty well um, what happened. You know, it, it, Saving Private Ryan wasn't exactly about D-Day, but I think if I remember right, it kind of talked about the aftermath of D-Day. But there's been other war movies um, regarding D-Day. And uh, I just, you know, I, I don't even know if um, Hollywood can recreate what those uh, boys, and there were a lot of boys there, um, had to endure there. And, you know, I, I just hope and pray that this is what I hope today, Special Ed, is that the schools today, if, if there are some schools still in session, you know, I know there's a lot of schools out of session, but maybe, you know, toward the end of the school year earlier, maybe in May, um, that the teachers took some time, instead of talking about LGBTQ matters, um, talked about D-Day and, and what it means to this country and what it means to, um, really, to the, to the free world. D-Day was a very important moment. And by the way, it opened up, if, you know, for the history books, Patton, who obviously was a war hero, was doing his thing in the, um, in the African theater down there. They, you know, it, Eisenhower wanted him to kind of um, get battle tested, if you will, from the books that I read. And then uh, and then Patton was brought in, you know, T minus, I don't know, four or five days after after D-Day. And he brought his tanks in and, uh, you know, then was uh, on to uh, Berlin. So D-Day was a, a was a very important moment in the, in the history of the war, especially. Well, you know, the, the, the interesting thing is that, not that I ever, you know, go to Google to figure out, you know, what the special day is, but they have on, on their little logo that they have whenever you go look for a search page, the Google Doodle. I mean, you know, part of the problem is, is that, you know, as we know, everything has to start at home. It would sure be nice if we had a parent that took a look at their phone and for whatever, you know, reason, took a look at it and said, oh, today is D-Day, while they're sitting there with their kids before they rush off to school and say, hey, Guess what today is D-Day here. Let me share what that is. I mean, we need to little, do a little bit more sharing, you know, from the kitchen table on to just let people know how we were able to be in the world that we're in, you know, good, bad, or indifferent today. What is the Google Doodle today? Does it have something to do with D-Day or is it uh, LGBTQ no. pride colors? No, it's, 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 it's three young children that are in a flower field. Oh, my God. I, you know. Those kids are in. The, oh, I see. I see it right now. You know, those kids in the flower field are there because of the guys who died on D-Day. I mean, 
Google exists because of D-Day. We're here because of D-Day. It's just, uh, it's mind-boggling to me. So here it is, 6-6, six, six, um, 2023. And I, I want to, uh, uh, before we talk about the news, I, I got to mention the, I, and I hate, you know, one of the things I've avoided in my entire career is predicting the future, is attempting to predict the future, um, and, and gossip. Those two things I just have completely, because gossip is 99% is lies, uh, built on 1% fact, and that gossip is designed to hurt people. That's it, period. And you need to remember that. The Bible says gossip is a sin. And so we should not engage in gossip, and that, that's one of the reasons why I don't do it uh, on television. But uh, the other thing is trying to prognosticate where things are going. You know, in the world, it's very, very difficult. Day to day, I can't figure it out, you know, where things are going. If you had told me in, in special ed, if you had told me, and if I had told you in 2018, hey, we're going to shut down our society. We're going to shut down the globe. Commerce is going to shut down. We're going to shut down churches. You're not going to be able to go to church. You're not going to be able to go to school. You're going to be told to stay home. Don't work. Collect helicopter money, and everything's going to be great. If I had told you that in 2018, what would you have said to me? I would have looked at you, and I would have paused, and I would have looked deep in your eyes, and I'd go, are you out of your mind? Exactly. But we've got to mention what I think is coming down out of Department of Justice and this uh, spe so-called special prosecutor. It's not a special prosecutor. He's a Nazi thug who was appointed by a bunch of Nazis who happened to occupy offices in Washington, D.C., and his sole solemn goal is to, is to find a crime to fit with Donald Trump. Just like Stalin. Stalin is up there in hell. I don't believe in hell. Stalin is up there somewhere applauding. Well, hopefully Stalin, if you believe what I believe, Stalin is probably not... I don't know. It's hard. I'm not going to get into it right now. But the, the bottom line is, this is the Stalin playbook. And that is, show me the man, and I'll show you the crime. So that's what's going on here. And I want people to be ready for this. As we, as we are on the verge of celebrating Donald Trump's birthday, which is June 14th, but we are celebrating it at Madeira Beach this Saturday at 10 um, at, at noon, it's, it's Saturday, June 10th at noon. We're going to be speaking. Roger's going to be there, Roger Stone. And we're trying to get, um, um, what's the rapper's name, uh, Special Ed? Do you remember his name? It's it's Italian Flow, whatever, For, Freudian or Freudian <laughs> Flow. It sounded, it sounded Italian. <laughs> you, are, you are something. Forgiato Blow. <laughs> His real name exactly. is Kurt Jantz. He's the guy who did the yo-yo uh, Target, the boycott Target video. So we're trying to get him. But we're <laughs> celebrating Donald Trump's birthday um, at Madeira Beach, which is you know basically in the St. Pete area. It's, um, it's a venue. If you go, bring your um, sunscreen and a chair. Um, okay, you're going to need it. And um, so we'll have a bunch of speakers uh, Madison Cawthorn is going to be here there, um, and um, so it's it's noon. The speakers will begin at one o'clock. I I run a tight ship. I'm the master of ceremonies, 
and we will begin straight up at one o'clock. If you can't make it, we're going to stream it live right here on this here Rumble channel. So we will stream it for you starting at uh, 1 p.m. Festivities start at noon. But here we are on the precipice of his birthday celebrating Donald Trump. He's about to be um, nominated again as the Republican nominee for President of the United States, unless some cataclysm happens that we don't know about um, between now and when that process gets underway in earnest next year. And we have a Department of Justice going after him right now, Special Ed, looking for a crime to affix to this man. You know, and, and DOJ, I mean, that, that is an oxymoron. So so, so Trump's lawyers uh, met with special, special counsel, Jack Smith, and other DOJ officials, and it came after the former president complained about speculation that Smith is moving closer to indict him in connection with the retention of classified documents in Mar-a-Lago. But also, I mean, and here's the caveat to this whole thing, is that the prosecutor's probing Trump's effort to reverse his loss. I, didn't Hillary come up and say, like, I didn't lose the election? Weren't there some black congressmen in saying he's an illegitimate president? I, I mean, what's he trying to do? He's trying to make sure that, you know, everything is factual. He's trying to reverse his laws. They're, the, the ham sandwich is out in public view right now. Okay, so they're after him on two things. One, as you mentioned, quote, reverse. Donald Trump never tried to reverse anything. Donald Trump did not try to, quote, steal the election. All Donald Trump wanted to do was to have the states in, and have Pence in sync in investigating election fraud. That's it. And there never was a full investigation. And the Supreme Court is never going to get involved in this kind of stuff. I've told people this over and over and over again. The courts don't want to get involved unless they're activist judges. In general, they don't want to touch it because in the Constitution, in this here Constitution, the courts have no role in elections, zero. So when I see some good friends of mine bringing lawsuits, I just kind of, I say that's probably not the, the way to spend your money and your energy. There is another way, and I don't want to get into it right now, but there is a constitutional method we can do, we can employ. We've never done it before but we can use it to try and fix this mess. So they're going after him for uh, trying to simply make sure the election results were valid and that there wasn't massive cheating going on, which we know there was. We know there was massive election fraud. And Google, you know, I guess finally YouTube has admitted, yeah, I guess there was some election fraud. Isn't that amazing? Isn't that amazing, Special Ed? Two and a half you know years, three years after the election, YouTube is finally saying, yeah, you can mention election fraud now. You know, but, you know, the, the only reason why they do that is that it's on, like if the New York Times did it, it, it's on the 67th page. And so that they can just come up and say, well, we mentioned it. That's all they really want to do. But, I mean, you got to take a look at this. I mean, the Attorney General Merrick Garland, who's the, the culprit in charge of all of this stuff, he still has a vendetta because he wasn't even allowed to even participate in going to POTUS, I mean, to uh, to the Supreme Court. I mean, that's and that's what this whole thing is about, is that everybody has a vendetta about Trump because they want to hold him up in court to where he can't be out on the campaign trail, to where they can just shackle him just to be in, in, in a ham sandwich attorney uh, in courtrooms. 
Merrick Garland is an activist Marxist thug dressed up in a suit. That's all he is. And he's doing the bidding. He's a henchman for uh, Joe Biden. And it's as simple as that. Um, but the other thing they're going after Donald Trump is the so-called insurrection, which wasn't an insurrection. It was a moment in time. It was a mob, you know, kind of group think um, and storming the Capitol and all that. And, uh, you know, I, I really when I was watching or listening, I was driving back from we did a rally in Los Angeles and I was uh, speaking at that a January 6th rally. Yeah, I did a January 6th rally. Only <laughs> I was on the other coast and, uh, you know, it was a small crowd, probably a, a thousand people at the most. And I did my thing, and, and I, I, remember I was driving back uh, from that, and I was listening to, oh, the humanity, they're breaking in, and blah. I'm thinking to myself, yeah, and at one point I'm going, yeah, and the next point I'm thinking, oh, this is not good. Uh, because, you know, in the end, we're supposed to be a, a country of law and order. But Donald Trump did not say, go down and break into the Capitol. And even if he did, then what's he guilty of? He's guilty of, you know, in, uh, conspiring or maybe causing a riot. That's it. it. That's not taking over, attempt to take over the government. And this seditious conspiracy stuff that some of these January 6th protesters are being um, uh, affixed with is amazing to me. There was no seditious conspiracy here. Even if you're talking about overthrowing the government, which we're not talking about here, but even if you were, we still have this thing called free speech. And just because you said it, and you happen to be near, and one guy, one oath keeper was convicted, wasn't even in Washington, D.C. So, I mean, these are crazy convictions. And, of course, they're happening in the District of Columbia where they could only happen, right? I mean, if you brought that case to Iowa, it would, these guys wouldn't be convicted because Iowans are rational. And these people you know, they, in, in D.C. are partisan. Go ahead. You know, you know, the amazing thing is that there's there's nothing about, you know, all, all the riots that happened with BLM or Antifa. And a gentleman, you know, summed it up best for me. He goes, I've seen larger insurrections for crowds for Black Friday lining upside to get into the department store. It wasn't a violent protest. But guess what? It's our First Amendment right to protest. I heard everybody from the Democratic Party telling me that is my right. Okay, so what do we do about this? Well, there's not a hell of a lot we can do, ladies and gentlemen. Um, but we can pray, and I encourage you to pray. Because th this is our power. Our power as Christians, if you're not a Christian, find whatever God you worship, whatever you believe in, you believe in a higher entity, pray. Get down on your knees and pray. Because uh, we have a lot to pray about in this country, and, and we certainly don't want to become this banana republic that apparently we're becoming. Where, you know, if you're partisan and you're in power, you can hammer the other side. This is, as Donald Trump points out, election interference. And the reason why I'm, I'm bringing this up is because I see, I read between the lines of his recent posts, and I think it's pending. I think we need to brace ourselves for this because I think it's happening. Because he's not, a, he, you know, he's not saying that, hey, it's happening, but he's he's really bite, nibbling on the edges, and it concerns me. And so we pray for Donald Trump, and we give uh, we ask the Lord to, to watch over him. And we know that this is in the Lord's hands. But, you know, show us, show us where this is going, Lord, if you can. And uh, at the very least, please watch over Donald Trump uh, and this republic.
In Florida, Special Ed, uh, this is an interesting story. Uh, governor DeSantis has suspended a mayor. I didn't know that the, the mayor or the, the governor of Florida has this kind of power. That's kind of, it's almost scary to me. Now, I know there's certain parameters to what he can do and when he, when he can do it, but boy, that is, uh, that is a very powerful government or a governor to come in there and be able to suspend the mayor. You know, and, you know, we've talked about this a lot of times. It's like, you know, I don't, you know, uh, agree with, you know, uh, having the government suspend TikTok because I think it's an overreach. I think DeSantis, even though I think this is for the right reason, I think it's a bit of, you know, too much power in his hand. But uh, Governor Ron DeSantis did suspend the mayor of North Miami Beach, not Miami, North Miami Beach Monday, just days after the arrest on alleged voter irregularities. I agree with the, the supposition of why he did it. I'm not sure I agree with, you know, the power of him to be able to do that. Yeah, but did you read the article? To me, the the voter uh, irregularities was him voting um, in a district that wasn't there. He was registered in the wrong district. I mean, I, I, I hate to split hairs here, and I'm not defending the guy, but that's what that's the way I read it. Is that the way you read it? Yeah, I said well, he, the the fifty one year old mayor was arrested and booked in a Miami Dade uh, Corrections Wednesday because he had voted in a different district. He wasn't qualified to vote on that district on the date on whatever the date was, uh, August twenty third, twenty twenty two. Well, so, I yeah, would I, mean, I, I would ask how did election officials let him vote in the wrong district? I mean, you you're supposed to you know walk into a precinct and your name is supposed to be on the list, and if it's not on the list, you're not allowed to vote. How does this happen? Well, I don't want, I don't want to get into the weeds, but I think at some point in time, you know, we may want to do, you know, a lot of information and, um, you know, exact methodologies and how voting happens. But it but it can happen. I mean, we are a mobile society. So, I mean, we have Congress people in our you know old home of California that are actually living in different districts than they actually are, you know, uh, a representative for in Congress. So, you know, being a mobile society, I mean, you can move from one place to another. I still get notifications on my email for my address that I had in Atlanta, Georgia, three years ago. Man, that's amazing. By the way, I forgot to tell you, Special Ed, I have on my one of two remaining uh, Gringos Go Baja t-shirt. You remember Gringos Go Baja? <laughs> Gringos Go Baja was um, a failed effort. <laughs> it was a half hearted effort. Um, when I lived down at the border, uh, I wanted to videotape Americans going nuts, you know, like uh, Girls Gone Wild kind of thing. But, you know, in a, in a, in a G-rated or PG-rated way of Americans just kind of having letting loose in, uh, in, uh, in Mexico. And then, of course, all the beheadings started with the, uh, the drug cartels and the Americans stopped coming. And, and the Navy said no more um, Marines and sailors down in uh, TJ. And that was it. It was over. But, uh, you know, my my affinity and affiliation with Mexico is strong. I support uh, the people. Um, I support the culture. I think it's a great culture. But uh, the Mexicans um, are Mexican and they need to stay in their country. And Americans are Americans need to stay in their country. We can visit each other legally, but that's it. And that's the way it should be. And if you want to become a citizen of one of the other countries, then you go through the process. And so in Florida, the governor DeSantis recently signed a bill into law that basically mirrors federal law. 
and that is requiring E-Verify. And E-Verify is a federal system. It's a federal database that employers can go in and verify that somebody's not an illegal. Now, I know about E-Verify. You don't have to lecture me about it. I don't like government databases, period. I hate it. E-Verify can be abused. For example, if a, if a company goes in there and puts a, a guy's name or a lady's name in there and it doesn't come up as illegal, they can say, well, it wasn't in the database. And we know how well databases are maintained on the federal government level, right? It's only for a certain purpose. and a certain. Imagine you have a bunch of Marxists now in charge of the E-Verify. They'll probably slow walk any name that they can, they can and slow walk thousands tens of thousands, in this case now at the border, millions of names. So how, how valid is the E-Verify system? Plus, it can be uh, abused in, in, in other ways, and people could be put on that list who are not illegal. Yet. And then, you know, how, especially at the no-fly list, that's a disaster zone, right? Well, I mean, you know, where did, I mean, I could probably be on the no-fly zone, right? I mean, I could have probably popped off to somebody and said, you know, why can't I get a first-class upgrade? And they would have said, you know, that guy, you know, he's he's being confrontational me up here, you know, at Delta Airlines or American Airlines, and all of a sudden I get on a blacklist. I mean, yeah, it, it's right. not very effective and not very accurate. So the reason why I'm backing into the story, which I don't normally do, is um, there's a bunch of rhinos, Republicans in name only in Florida, <laughs> who apparently had a rally special ed and some sort of meeting, and they're literally kowtowing to illegals in the Sunshine State. Uh, I, I'm not sure I can actually read this. I don't know if I want to laugh or cry. But the Republicans are urging immigrants to stay in Florida, fearing this new law that DeSantis put into place. So a handful of Republican, Florida Republicans have implored the immigrants to stay in the state, even in spite of the fact of the laws signed by Governor DeSantis. And that was signed uh, last month, and that was SB 1718, if you want to go take a look up it. And that goes into effect on the 1st of July. And the E-Verify, for those that are out there, are affecting people that have 25 employers or greater. And they're just saying, just stay. Just stay in Florida. Okay. First of all, we need to use proper definitions of words, right? The, the people who are in this country illegally are illegal, illegals. They're not immigrants. An immigrant is um, someone who, who has gone through the process of trying to become a legal resident or a United States citizen. That is an immigrant, not an illegal. There is a difference. An immigrant who is legal in the United States has nothing to fear in Florida. So why would you leave? Why would you leave? Here you are saying immigrants don't leave. Ed, special Ed, why would you be afraid and leave Florida if you are a legal immigrant? You wouldn't. And, and we can go back to our days when we lived in California, when we had a lot of the farmers that came over as seasonal workers. They would come over and they'd work in the fields in Calexico. And then when the, when the season was over, guess what they would do? They would go back home. They were categorized as a seasonal worker, and they didn't mind going back and forth. So if that's your status, exactly. Why would you want to leave unless, of course, you're worried about the simple fact that you are here illegally? 
Somebody in my neighborhood was bitching and moaning because they had a roof to redo. That's a that's a racket in Florida, in case you didn't know. Just a total racket. That and mulch. Um, they were they were bitching and moaning that their roofer guy couldn't get laborers to finish the roof. Well, if they're here illegally and they didn't show up for work and they left Florida or left the United States, good. We don't want them here. Why would we want illegals in our state? Why would you want illegals in any state? They're illegal by definition. Somebody wrote on one of my social media, no one's illegal. Yes, they are, by definition. They're violating our sovereignty. They violated our border. That is illegal and will always be illegal because we are a sovereign country with borders and a unifying language, if we allow it to be, and a singular culture that's being destroyed. Now, in Florida, I want to shift gears here, Special Ed. Florida's number one in a lot of things, uh, but apparently it's uh, number one if you go down to the beach and you go in the water and you're swimming and you're among the fishes. Um, it's number one for bad things that can happen, too. Shark bites. Okay. Well, yeah, well, so... so for, for our friends in California, this message is meant for you. Yes. There have been 1,219 shark attacks in the state. So all you people that are out in California, you do not want to come here. We have alligators and we have shark attacks. Now, for the record, the number one state for fatal shark attacks is California. I think that's what that report says. But, yep. um, but number one for shark bites... You know, little nibbles. Californians, are you listening? You don't want to move here. There's dangerous sharks in the water and dangerous alligators right outside your backyard. So, special ed, the message is between the, the sharks and the dangerous alligators and the huge bugs that are hitting my windshield, causing me to crash on the freeway, you don't want to come to Florida, California, do you? Exactly. And, and and neither do you want to go to Australia. I mean, the U.S., according to this report, is ranked number one with the number of shark attacks. Australia is number two and Africa is number three. But California has the most recorded, as you said, fatal attacks. So guess what? You're not safe anywhere. Stay out of the water. Must be trash day, special ed's neighborhood. And they're all lined up, ready to go. And hopefully we'll get this program over with before the, the noise hits. And we want to move on to national news special ed. As the aforementioned FBI director, Christopher Wray, he is an abomination. Now, you, I want to back into this situation, too, just by reaffirming what we were taught in school, or maybe not taught. The FBI didn't exist in 1787 when the framers ratified the United States Constitution. But the Constitution does give the Congress the ability to create an entity like the FBI, unfortunately, because here we are today knowing it's being abused, right? And the FBI, in my opinion, needs to be shut down. I think we'll survive without the FBI, frankly, and the CIA. Leave it up to local law enforcement. If all of a sudden there's a need, fine, we'll establish a new FBI. Um, but I think the FBI should be defunded and stripped, period, of power. And so um, the Congress at some point created the Department of Justice and underneath the Department of Justice, I don't know if the Congress actually created the FBI. I don't know the history of it. It, it may have been a creation within the Department of Justice by the Department of Justice itself. Either way, it is uh, 
it, 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 the float, the, the, the org chart looks like this. Congress, DOJ, FBI. Okay, so in other words, Congress is the boss of the FBI. And so the uh, investigative committee that's looking into these links between Joe Biden and his family and communist countries that want to destroy us and money funneled in from the communist countries, a.k.a. China, into the Joe Biden family, funneled in there and, and tossed around in all these shell LLCs all over the country, laundering the money. Um, there, uh, Congress is looking into that, and so is apparently, or at some cursory level, the FBI. And the FBI has some evidence, including a document that the, the, the folks on the committee want to have in their possession. Now remember, this is like your boss saying, hey, FBI, Christopher Wray, I want that document, please. Can you please give it to me? And Christopher Wray, special ed, is saying to the committee what? Well, I, I can't put my hand up, but it would be a finger that's in the middle of my hand someplace. Basically, he's saying, no, I won't do that. Or if I will, Here's the other problem is that that informant that you're probably trying to, uh, you know, say, mention that, you know, said we have this document. We have a, an impending investigation, an ongoing investigation. Oh, yeah. By the way, we may fear for his life, too. So I can't disclose that information unless it's all blacked out. So in other words, they're uh, they're saying no to the boss. And so Congress is going to hold him in contempt. But we've seen we've seen this before. Now, it's interesting because you have a Steve Bannon who under Pelosi was held in contempt of Congress. And they're actually, <laughs> they're actually pursuing criminal charges against Steve Bannon. It's unbelievable. We have this dual system of, quote, justice in this country now. And, 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 but remember back when Obama's uh, attorney general was held in um, contempt of Congress. I'm blanking on his name right now. But he he's a bad dude. And he was held in contempt of Congress. That was... Um, regarding the, the guns that were run to Mexico, if you remember that. I forget the operation, what that was called. But anyway, he obfuscated Congress. He was held in contempt. And what happened? Nothing. Nothing happened. And so, unfortunately, Special Ed, that's probably what's going to happen here. Well, you know, part, part of the problem is, is that, as they always say, is that, you know, the, the, the media has never seen a Democratic indictment that they didn't want to continue, nor have they seen a Republican indictment that they just wanted to, like, forget. There's nothing going to happen out of this because, you know, once again, you know, you have our friend that we just talked about, who's the attorney general, who's just going to let this, you know, kind of go by the wayside and it's going to get, you know, tied up and like, well, he said, she said, and by the way, you know, you've taken a look at the document. Then they'll put their useful idiots on the Democratic side to say, well, I took a look at it and there's nothing there. So nothing's going to happen out of this. Yeah, it's unfortunate. And, and you know, special ed is, is not being a doom and gloom guy. He's just being a realist. So we hold Christopher Ray in contempt of court or contempt of Congress, which is not contempt of court, and it has no criminal teeth to it. So then what's going to happen is that the, the Congress, you know, will vote on that and then he'll be held in contempt. And then what? Then the criminal referral is sent to the DOJ <laughs> and the DOJ is under Merrick Garland, who is good buddies with Christopher Ray because they're working hand in glove with Joe Biden to cover everything up. <laughs> And by the way, what you're trying to refer to was uh, General Holder and the uh, operation uh, was uh, Operation Fast and Furious. 
Eric Holder. Yeah, what a weasel that guy is. He is a weasel. Um, there's some information, special ed. And, you know, by the way, what do we do about this? Same thing we do with Donald Trump. We pray. Prayer without action, of course, is dead, as the Bible says. So, um, you know, again, we have a solution right here in Article 5 of the United States Constitution. And it, we can deploy it. There's your action. It's just a matter of people being educated about it. There's no, it's the safety valve that needs to be pulled. It's a ripcord that needs to be pulled. It's the, it's the second shoot, your backup shoot. It's, we're, we're firing down toward the ground. Our, shoot, our main shoot is broken, and we need to deploy that backup shoot. And um, special ed, where I was going next was the, uh, the gender um, surgery, which um, anyone who believes in God, especially if you're a Christian, you know that it's an abomination what they are doing to especially young people, but to your, to your own body. You know, I mean, you could say plastic surgery is an abomination. You know, these women, they get these big lips or big other parts of the body. Uh, I, I don't look at it that way. I don't, I don't, you know, that's an enhancement. It's, it's making them feel better or whatever. Um, but when you say, when you intend to play God, which is what these surgeons and what these people are doing, playing God on these children, saying, hey, you're a boy, we're going to make you a girl. First of all, you can't do that. Only God can do that. You came out of the womb with a binary choice, and that is male or female. And 51% of the time it's female, and 49% of the time it's male, and there's nothing in between. And, and God doesn't make mistakes. God uh, acts uh, um, in, a, in a way that we don't understand sometimes. But God doesn't make mistakes, period. Okay. And so um, these people who believe that they're playing God, that they're as, as great as God, are really damning themselves and, and damning this country and, and harming the people. And so special ed, we have an, a study that... It's kind of like you say often, the blinding light of the blatantly obvious. <laughs> the study is pretty damn uh, conclusive, but pretty obvious. You know, and, you know, the, the thing is, is that, you know, these people decide that they want to come up. And if you tell a lie often enough, then it becomes factual. And now they have some 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 people that are actually saying that Dylan Mulvaney is a woman. Well, I, I think we should do like a blind test where we can like take DNA in like little Petri dishes and then tell me who they belong to. I mean, I, I mean, this whole thing is just getting insane. I, I just don't even know how to how to speak to it because it's it's so irrational and it's so crazy. It's lunacy. But the, the point of this story is gender affirming surgery leaves people lonelier and depressed and can lead to, lead to suicidal behavior. You know, I don't. To me, that's uh, is it the chicken or the egg on this one, Special Ed? I think that you're probably lonely and sad and probably pre-suicidal prior to the surgery, you know, because that's one of the reasons why you're maybe you're doing the surgery because you're an unhappy person. doesn't mean you want to go in there and have the surgery to fix it. But but this is not going to change. This is not going to change your DNA. This is not going to change your serotonin levels. This is going to exacerbate whatever problem you already have. You look at it that way? Well, yeah. I mean, let's go take a look at some factual things. Like we all know that uh, women that are pregnant, they have postpartum blues, right? Because they've had something with them and then it's removed. So, you know, the removal part is right. So we're going to go through this gender affirming care. So we're going to do something. We're going to manipulate. We're going to like, you know, 
eliminate something that's there and then couple this with the simple fact that a lot of the people that are in this gender reaffirming care are being alone and they're doing social media and we know that social media has come up and said that you know the degree of social media you know separation we have from being able to communicate with communicate with people on 101 is like having a pack of cigarettes every day so i mean on all levels this is just not healthy at all well i you know i hope that you know, what the left does is it sends up trial balloons and then it gauges, you know, the reaction, right? Remember, think back to the Clinton administration, back when politically correct first kind of emerged big time on the scene. Now politically correct is firmly ensconced in, in, in companies through ESG and, and, and things like that, or what is it, EGI, what, I don't remember all DEI. These. What is it? DEI. DEI. E-I-E-I-O, you know, all this crap. <laughs> um, uh, I sent special ed a meme on uh, LGBT. <laughs> I cannot say on television <laughs> what kind of translated it to be. I mean, this is all nonsense. You know, we're not the United States military. You know, the military has acronyms for everything. Um, and uh, some of them I can't mention again on television. Some of my buddies told me. But um, anyway, uh, the, the, the bottom line is... Uh, this is a, a, a horrible time uh, in this country, and that I hope that it just doesn't become, that people don't become anesthetized to what we're living through right now. So four, five, ten years from now, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, well, we're used to it. We're used to having little boys having this, quote, gender-affirming surgery. It's just, it's just beyond me. It's beyond me. And by the way, there are... There are movements out there among gays, gay men, probably. Um, I bet it's mostly gay men who say this is nonsense and good for them. You know, it's time that, that gays stand up. And gays are gay. I'm talking about men here. I don't know about the women. But the gay men are gay men because they like other men, okay? It's not because they want to become a girl. And so it's, it's about time that gays stand up and say, this is nonsense, what you're doing to these kids, because I know a lot of them feel that way. I've, I've seen it, and I've talked to them about it. Um, and speaking of California, <laughs> there's a couple of quick things I want to hit on. Um, Cal California is threatening um, Florida. Don't answer that call, Special Ed. Um, <laughs> California is threatening Florida for sending the illegals uh, over there. And, I, you know, I... It's an interesting war between Newsom and, and DeSantis here, Special Ed. But they're, what's the charge they're, they're saying they're going to charge uh, Florida with or DeSantis with? Well, what, what, they're, what they're trying to say is that Gavin Newsom said that after they had a second load of migrants uh, that landed at the Capitol, what they're going to do is that they're going to charge them with a couple of different things. One of them actually happens to be kidnapping. And the other one has to simply be with the fact that, you know, what they're going to do is that they're going to charge them with um, in, inappropriate conduct of a governmental agency to do something that is not in their purview to another governmental agency in another location. Wouldn't that be fascinating if they follow through with this threat, which I don't think they would? Uh, and um, well, first of all, they're not migrants, they're illegals. Remember that? So anytime you see the word migrant, just replace it with illegal so my hair doesn't stand up. But um, wouldn't it be fascinating if they followed through with this and their radical attorney general, this Boda guy or whatever his name is, Bonda, whatever, doesn't matter. He's a Rob, 
Rob Bonta. Bonta. Um, tr- you know, brings charges against DeSantis for kidnapping. <laughs> and they try him in abstentia. <laughs> I could just... <laughs> now, that would be interesting. Uh, I don't even care if it happens, to be honest with you. It'd be just a spectacle to watch. Now, in San Francisco, it continues. There's now becoming a snowball effect in San Francisco. And again, I want to point out one of the reasons why we talk about San Francisco so much is because San Francisco has always been at the vanguard of progressive, liberal, Democrat, Marxist think. And I'm not saying as San Francisco goes, so goes that entire movement, but it is an indicator of where the, the radicals will take you, if you allow it. And Los Angeles is certainly on that slope, and San Diego is now early on that, on that slope. So look out. But what's happening in San Francisco, especially in the downtown area, I, and I don't know what the neighborhoods are like anymore. I grew up in San Francisco, but I, I have no clue. But in downtown San Francisco, it's starting to become, I think, a, a scene from not necessarily Soylent Green, but one of those movies from you know the future where the downtown zone is just this decadent, disgusting group of open sword, wacko people that are bringing nothing to the culture, nothing to the community, and are, are doing nothing positive except terrorizing people who happen to be brave enough to go down there. And so they're losing, they're hemorrhaging businesses. They're, the, the property values are dropping, which means that San Francisco's revenue from the property taxes probably this coming year is going to be cut in half from what we're seeing, at least in the uh, commercial property. And now, Special Ed, the largest well, hotel in San Francisco looks like it's done. Well, you know, and, and let's remember that about a week ago, California and San Francisco came out with a $3 million ad campaign on why you should visit San Francisco. But today, as you said, Hilton and Park 55 hotels, they're walking away from a debt and surrendering them to their lender in the amount of $725 million. So now where are you going to stay? So they're just basically walking away from the property. And they cite a bunch of reasons, the economy, blah, blah, blah. But I will tell you, being a San Franciscan, that hotel is the anchor of Union Square down there. And Union Square is, is kind of like Park Avenue in New York. It is the spot you know, where Macy's is, um, where all the big department stores used to be. But now they're pulling out. And so you have this hotel, which, again, is the anchor. And it's right by Chinatown. So when you exit that Hilton Hotel, to the right, you go to Union Square and go shopping. That's the way it used to be. To the left, you go to Chinatown and you eat Chinese food. And like I said before, when I was growing up, Chinatown was the dirtiest area of San Francisco. Now it's the cleanest. <laughs> Only in San Francisco. So, uh, so it's, it's unbelievable that that, that is happening. And uh, especially that this is this is the largest hotel I think uh, west of Vegas. That's crazy. Yeah. I mean, you're talking three thousand yeah. rooms total. Yeah, and I, I remember, you know, because I, you know, I when I flew a lot, I actually used to stay at the Fairmont down there. So, 
you know, not that I'm trying to predict anything, but, you know, hey, I, I bet the Fairmont Hotel and their chain or their parent company is going to come up and we're going to be hearing about that in the next couple of weeks. Now, we have some information. We talked at the top of the show uh, about Mondays, don't like Mondays, the Boomtown Rats um, wrote a song and sang a song. Uh, Bob Geldof, I think, wrote the song, actually, is what I was reading. I like to go back and double-check my, my mind against history. and Usually my mind is, is pretty accurate, except I couldn't remember Eric Holder. Um, but I, knew, I, remember, I picture the guy, the weasel, former attorney general under Barack Hussein Obama. And so uh, the Boomtown Rats in the probably 19... It must have been 1980, because the incident occurred in 1979, wrote this song about Brenda Spencer shooting up a, a grammar school in San Francisco, in San Diego, in 1979. I don't like Mondays. Tell me why I don't like Mondays. That's the whole, um, I want to shoot the whole day down, I think is the lyrics. But anyway, um, now there's uh, another study, and I hate studies, but you know, sometimes they're interesting to talk about. You don't have to necessarily believe them, and we certainly know that to be true post-COVID or during COVID, all these studies that would come out. Oh, it's, you're more productive working at home. <laughs> I would read those studies. <laughs> yeah, who wrote this? Some guy who's at home with his slippers on, you know, <laughs> answering the doorbell, getting, ordering the Amazon, watching TV. Yeah, I'm more productive at home. Boom, hit send. Yep, I'm, don't you, don't you think that's the way it went down, especially? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm sure it was, but I mean, in, in, in reference to Monday here, I mean, you know, I'm an older guy and, you know, I have all these people that look at me and just like tongue in cheek comments over at my local pub, my dive bar over at Goose's and they come up. It's a good day when you can be like above dirt. As long as I'm six feet up, and not six feet under, I'm happy. Well, come to find out now is that I should also be happy in the fact that today is Tuesday and I live through Monday. Apparently, Monday is not a day that is good for people as far as like not being able to progress the rest of their life to Tuesday. So what specifically are they saying that, that uh, you can suffer from on Monday? Is it a stroke? Yeah, they said that strokes has got uh, a higher affliction rate that happens on Monday. I, I mean, I don't know. I guess maybe it's because, you know, it was it was a crazy weekend, but. I mean, who knows where all these studies come from? But, yeah, I guess apparently that the amount of strokes or the number of strokes have uh, an affinity to occur on Monday. So I, I, I checked my heart. I'm good. I had my phone, you know, wide open to where, like, if I broke, I could, like, push the button. And I could go, help, I'm falling and I can't get up. So, but it's Tuesday. I live through it. Yeah, I, you know, I, probably during the NFL, it's it's more likely for that. And I'm not joking about that. There are a lot of people that get stressed out when their team, you know, doesn't do well on on Sundays. Um, but remember uh, today being a special day that it is Tuesday, a special I'd pointed out. But it's also the I don't know what number anniversary of D Day, June sixth, nineteen forty four. Special Ed. That's wait a minute. That's coming up on well next year. Is going to be 44, 24. It'll be the, the 80th anniversary. 80th, yeah, 80th anniversary. Yep. And I doubt if we have any guys, you know, um, still around from that. Maybe we do. And God bless them um, if we do. And, and, and thank you to them. And thank God that they did exist. Because if we had a, a D-Day today, special ed, I, I don't think it would turn out quite the way it did. Do you? 
I don't. And for all the people that are out there, what I will try to do today is I'm going to try to get a hold of my commander, who's the guy that's in charge of the American Legion over there. And I will ask him if he'll take me over to a couple of those guys or if he knows of anybody that's still around here that, you know, have been around, you know, 80 years ago. If I can find somebody, I will certainly try to get in contact with them today because I have to be very respectful and appreciative for what they did, because that is the reason why I am here today. God bless you, uh, Special Ed. Have a good day. Hope you uh, um, are successful on your mission as we look at a beach. It's not Normandy Beach, certainly. It is uh, Sarasota. It is Siesta Key, the best beach in the nation. And, um, you know, we thank you for uh, listening. We thank you for watching. This edition of the Ledger Report, a.k.a. Cracker 82.5, is on its way. The Archives Library of Congress, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I'm Graham Ledger along with Special Ed. And remember, even when we're wrong, we are right.